Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode. And recently we had a suggestion for a topic from Kelly Tompkins on Instagram. And she says, I would love an episode on how to let go of perfectionism or dealing with our inner critic. Well, we actually did an episode on kicking your inner critic's butt, and that was all the way back to episode three. So you can always go back and have a listen to that one. But we haven't yet covered letting go of perfectionism, so we thought that was a really good idea. So thanks so much for the suggestion, Kelly. But before we get onto that topic, we want to say a big thank you to our latest Kofi supporters, Marcia Furman and Penny. As always, we really appreciate the support. Not only does it help us towards the cost of running Kick and the Creatives, which helps us to keep doing what we do, but it also shows that you like what we do. So thank you very much. And I've got some more thank yous. This feels like one of those speeches, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you. We love you. We so, do. We do. <laughs> so I want to say thank you for the podcast reviews we've had. So we've got one that says it's five stars and it says loving it. And it says just recently discovered this in search for art info. Not only informative, but very fun listen. Kudos. And that's from Santa Bala via Apple Podcasts in the USA. And then we've got another one, another five star. We wouldn't read out a five star, would we? <laughs> no. Yeah. If, if it says, this is a rubbish podcast, we'll leave that one out. <laughs> yeah. And this one says, I love listening to Tara and Sandra, mostly Tara. <laughs> it says, I like hanging out with our artsy friends and having a good time. Oh, it's like having, hanging out with yeah. your artsy friends and having a good time. They're both very knowledgeable, of course, in a variety <laughs> of mediums and art. So they have a great tips to trip oh, God, so they have great tips and tricks to share. I love to hang out with the podcast on drives or when I'm creating. And that's from number 1156, why Apple Podcasts in the USA. I'm now slightly intrigued what number 1156 is. Oh, I don't know. Secret agent, maybe. Thank you, though, for those. I mean, leaving us reviews, they actually help us, don't they? It's, it's sort of a way you can support us. So we do, we do really thank you for that. That was my line, you know that, don't you? I stole it, sorry. Go on then, carry on. <laughs> we also want to say one more thank you, and that is to everybody who's been sharing their work with us on social media. And um, this time Michael Beckett's been um, catching my eye. He's been doing the Mixed Media March Challenge, and I've been really enjoying following what he's been doing. I can't even pull out a favourite piece of his because... I think they've all been really good and you can see that he's really enjoying himself. He's been drawing all sorts of things. Have you been seeing his work? I've seen a few, I think, on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. shown there as well. Mm, and we've we've had loads and loads of um, people taking part in the Quick Kick March Challenge, um, which is to take a photo from nature every day. And I could not possibly pick out one person out of that bunch because they've just all been so lovely these photos and you can see how desperate people are for spring to come can't you because we've had loads oh, and loads yes. of photos of budding flowers which has been a real treat shall i tell you who i've got that caught my eye yes 
Um, well, first of all, just in case nobody knows what we're talking about, if you've just tuned in the podcast, basically we have a load of creative challenges, which you can find over in our Facebook group or on our website. So if, if people we're talking about are the people who shared the work with us. So I've got Kirsty Cook, and she's been doing mixed media collage pieces. Absolutely lovely. I don't know if you've seen any of those. Um, yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, so they're really good. And then Esther Arroyo, and she's been doing five-minute figure sketches. And I, I can't believe what she can do in five minutes. They seem to be getting better and better. She's really capturing them. The proportions are really good. So I am in complete awe. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. But, I think that's the point, isn't it, when you do these five-minute challenges? It's surprising, isn't it, over time? If you were to compare like the first one you did in a month and then the last, you do improve even with just that short time. Yeah, and I think before this, she was concentrating on live drawing as well. So mm. she really, it's, it's really coming on. Um, mm. Anyway, what is new with you? I'm just cracking on with my commission, really. Um, if I get a commission, I tend to just focus on that one thing until it's finished. But I think I already know what I'm going to paint after this one. So it's always good to be inspired and have ideas in advance. So Because quite often I'll finish a painting and then I have this horrible... It's kind of like a lull where I feel a bit empty because I don't know what I'm going to do next. But yeah, so because I've been focusing on this, I'm not really doing anything else until this is done because I need to just crack on with that. But um, So I haven't got any other news at all. So what um, is the new one? Can you tell us what the new one's going to be? Well, I, well, what I wanted, in fact, I've got two in mind. Uh, one relies on my dad finding something for me, so I'm not going to talk about that one yet. Um, but the other one, you know I did these wine bottles, the, the wine bottle paintings I did Yeah, the recently. two you did. Yeah. yeah. I want to do a really big one now, like that, but with That's fairy lights again, but with uh, almost like... You know, I did one where the composition was really sort of strange angles, but then I did another one where the composition was more simple, but it had the fairy lights. I think I want to try and do one that kind of um, has the best of both worlds, but really big. I thought you got bored of doing the fairy lights. Oh, my gosh, no. Oh, I thought you got fed up. No, I'm talking about, you know, the the wine bottle painting with the fairy lights. Yeah. Oh, no, I love painting fairy lights. I thought you got fed up with the wires and stuff. Oh, no, that was, no, 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 that was the one I actually did of just fairy lights. Do you remember? Oh, okay. And it it was just like, it wasn't me getting fed up with the wires. It was just like, it was quite a slog yeah. <laughs> trying to look really closely at how they work and how they're, you know, but no, I, I still love it. It's just a bit of a puzzle, but no, I've never got fed up with anything when I'm painting, if I'm enjoying it. But um, anyway, what about you? What is new with you? Well, I did a two-part watercolour figure painting workshop, but I didn't enjoy it, to be perfectly honest. Oh, no, really? Why not? Yeah, because I, when I thought it was going to be, you know, I like figure drawing, and I mm. thought, but I really want to be able to add colours to them in a, in a good way, and I haven't yet found a way that really works for me. Mm. And I do quite like watercolours for that sort of thing. I have done a bit of watercolours, you know, tried to do it on figures. And this guy who was teaching it um, works very loosely, wet in wet but I, I just found it I think because he was trying to cater for all levels mm. so it was two three-hour sessions and basically the first session we didn't do any figure painting it was oh. all it was all up until we got to maybe the last half an hour and then he got you painting a leg using one stroke of the brush which I was terrible at <laughs> because you know I don't paint much and I definitely wouldn't paint in that manner 
Um, but the rest was all like, here's, here's how to do a graduation, here's how to do a wet and wet swatch. Right. And I, it's like, I kind of know that stuff. It yeah. doesn't mean I'm great at it, mm. but, you know, I've covered that. So I just found it a little bit tedious. And actually, the second lesson, I didn't make it till the end. <laughs> I oh. to admit. But Is it, was this people, a free? Was this free? No, this was a paid one. Right. But for some people, absolutely loving it. So it, mm. it all just depended. It just didn't go. I'm very bad anyway, because I can't, I don't like sitting, copying, do you know what I mean? For yeah. too long. No. I just get bored. Mm. But um, yeah, I just didn't find it was for me. So, which was a bit of a shame. Well, they can't well, all be for you, can they? I mean, you loved no. your last one, didn't you? Your oh, Lewis totally, Fosignal yeah. one. Totally love that know. one. But yeah, which was such a shame. Mm. And also, we've got news, haven't we? Because we've just released our first course, which is how to use water-soluble wax pastels. And that's being hosted over on Cora Bullock's website. But we, we've got a link, which is kickingthecreatives.com forward slash neocolors. But yeah, I mean, I'd got loads of questions, hadn't I, about how to use them. Mm, yeah. You'd ask in advice. So basically put together this course that goes quite in depth and, and you work on four projects plus a bonus one. So, yeah, if anyone's interested, that's on pre-sale at the moment over on kickingthecreatives.com forward slash new colours. And if so I'll you, be sorting that out. Yeah, yeah if you um, want to know what sort of thing Tara means, if you go onto her Instagram, which is Tara Roskell, is that right? Tara Roscoe? Yep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I never know if there's a dot between it. No. Because mine's Sandra Dot Bosby, so I always think yours is Tara, but it's not. It's Tara Roscoe. And if you sort of scroll down a bit, you'll see these really um, punchy, abstract faces done in Neo Colour too, and they are so vivid and so vibrant. And, yeah, I mean, everyone loves them, don't they? So, yeah, it's like there's quite a lot of step-by-step guidance in there there's tips in there there's and you do from the very beginning of sort of knowing how to use them to tips that you can use them a bit differently don't you yeah and it's not just the abstract faces there's an abstract face there's a character there's a parrot you paint a kind of realistic parrot and then a kind of canal scene yeah so there's there's quite a few different things it's really worth it and you can see the link if anybody wants to find it um quickly there's a link also on our facebook page and our facebook group and it'll be in our show notes exactly and um you've just had your jab haven't you oh yes (laughs) i am i'm the biggest wimp ever how, so, how big was it, the needle? I didn't look. <laughs> it's funny because I got there and I always having to go to all these vaccination centres and my partner drove me. Mm. Um, and uh, so I went in and everything. And we, I got to the booth and then she's got the chair turned the opposite way around. So it's like against, you couldn't sit on it. And so she goes, are you all right standing up? And I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I sat down <clears> and she said, I, I told her I was nervous. So, shall I not tell you when I'm doing it? I said, yeah, don't tell me. So, yeah, she just did it then. And it, to be honest, it, it hurt way less than I anticipated. It was pretty nothing. But my arm's been aching afterwards. But I've been lucky because I haven't, well, touch wood, I haven't had any other side effects apart from a bit of an achy arm. Yeah, because some people say that they feel a bit rubbish the day after. Yeah. But um, it, it depends because out of all of the people I know that have had it so far, only two people out of I think six have felt any after effects apart from a bit of a sore arm so yeah I mean obviously being that I'm a complete spring chicken compared to you I haven't been invited for mine yet how many months younger than you am I I oh I don't know you're a year and year and a few months aren't you 
year and a half, I think, actually. Is it? Yeah, because I'm 51 and you're 49. Well, oh, right. I was always thinking it was only half a year. No. Okay, yes. Oh, you see what I mean? Obviously, I'm far younger than Charles yes. and Tara. So, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I should imagine I'd get mine at some point in the next couple of months, I'd have thought. But, uh, yes. yeah. Anyway, on to actual art topics again, because we're just, <laughs> we're straying as usual. And um, let's get on to what we're talking about today, which is the curse of perfectionism for artists. And um, when we're talking about perfectionism, we're not talking about realism paintings. We're not talking about that. We're talking about not knowing when to stop and never being satisfied with what you produce. And I think the first thing I would say is that I doubt there's an artist in the world who ever thinks the piece of art they've just produced is perfect. Most artists will always be striving to do better. And actually, if I ever stood back and thought, wow, that is perfection, then I wonder if that need to keep going on would still be as strong for me. Um, I think the challenge of doing better is half the fun. But there is a difference between doing the best you can and taking something too far. And if you're one of those artists who is constantly going back to a piece and fiddling with it, then the first thing you need to do is ask yourself why you are striving for perfection. Are you striving for perfection because you enjoy the process of getting there? Because if that's the case, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if, on the other hand, you're striving for perfection to prove to other people or to yourself that you're good enough, then that's not such a healthy um, way to be thinking nobody's art is perfect nobody's life is is perfect so why should yours be yeah I, I think one of the causes of perfectionism is that you compare yourself to other people mm. you feel like you don't measure up I mean I'm really guilty of this you know we've got to try and measure ourselves up to our own work yeah and work at our own pace so it's fine to look back at yourself and think oh you know I have moved on or, you know, it's not good enough yet, but it will be. But to look at somebody else's, because you just don't know their circumstances. You don't know how long they've been doing it. You don't know how long they spend on it. So someone could have been only doing art for a year, but maybe they draw all day. So they're just going to be at a completely different level to you. And plus, it's really hard to look at stuff like for like. I mean, like if we even tried to compare ourselves... You just couldn't compare something I draw to something you paint, could you? No, because because they're just they're just so realms apart. But but not uh, in skill. It's just that they're too different to compare. Well, they are different in skill, <laughs> but, but it's just different skills, isn't it? Yeah, Hopefully. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. One's not better than the other, or it's just different. Yeah. And also, I mean, just like you were saying, you know, there's as much as your however good you get, you're always going to be able to get better. And it, there's always going to be someone better than you. How, even when you are at the best you can ever be, there'll always be someone better for, than you. But equally, all, you'll always be better than some someone other people. Else. So yeah, I was thinking about it. It's like when you start doing some sort of exercise, like if you start running, you don't automatically assume that you should be good as world-class athletes. No. But you kind of do that. <laughs> when you draw don't you you yeah. do sort of think why aren't I that good yet you know even yeah. maybe after you've done it for a year so if I'd been running for a year I wouldn't think why aren't I as good as a top athlete even of my own age sort of thing yeah because I just wouldn't 
No. And and yet we were we were with art, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think another problem with comparing ourselves to others is that we can lose aspects of what we do that makes us original to try and, you know, make it so it's our art is right or correct, you know, and take in we might try and adapt our ways of what we're creating to be more like someone that we admire, even if it's not us. Yeah. Like there's, there's a woman on Instagram and she creates characters and I, I really love the characters she creates. And I could probably emulate her style. So she uses oil pastels. I have no doubt that if I got some oil pastels, I could probably look at her work and create something in a similar ilk. But that wouldn't really be mine. It'd be fine to do as an exercise and to take inspiration from, but it's it's just not me, is it? It's it's me trying to be perfect by just copying her. Yeah. Then you're losing the opportunity, aren't you, to to have your own style and and um, be really good at that. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm, I'll use this um, podcast as an example. So, if I was going to compare this podcast to a professionally produced BBC masterpiece, for example, then, well, I would have stopped doing this ages ago. I wouldn't have even started. (laughs) (laughs) Because this isn't a perfect podcast. It's not meant to feel like a perfect podcast. If, If everything we said was word perfect, would it be as much fun for you to listen to anyway? I mean, I could spend hours editing out all of the erms and the r's and the mistakes and Tara's printer going off in the background and word stumbles, you name it. But if I was going to edit out all of those little bits that make it imperfect, then I don't think it would be the same podcast. I mean, Plus don't it get would me wrong. be five minutes, wouldn't it? Five exactly. minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong, I do edit it. Of course I edit it, but I only edit it to a point. I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to pretend we're something we're not. And also, I think it would probably lose part of its charm if suddenly Tara and I sounded, you know, word perfect. perfect. It, it would just wouldn't be the same. And the same thing can happen with a piece of art. If you work on something beyond a certain point, then you can be taking away the bones of it, and then it just becomes a superficial piece rather than you know you just don't want to bury what what made it in the first place do you know what sometimes i listen back to bits of our podcast like when you send me bits or whatever <coughs> yeah and i think oh my god i sound like alice uh, vicar dibley <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny i think i am quite intelligent really but i really don't sound it there <laughs> do you know i i um it's funny I want to get a new microphone at some point. My microphone I've got is, is decent, it is, but I just feel like maybe a different microphone would make me sound more professional and sexy. You know, that sort of rounded voice. I always think your voice sounds very much um, more um, radio-like, and I sound like a five-year-old. <laughs> and actually, to this day, bearing in mind I'm 49, to this day, well, I say that, not now um, I only really use my mobile, but when we had landlines, it was only perhaps five years ago, we still bothered with a landline. And um, if somebody rang, like a sales call or something like that, so often I would get, is your mummy there? <laughs> <laughs> really? I mean, uh, I'm mummy. Actually, I'm not mummy, I'm grandma. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound so young. What they're trying to say is, oh, you sound like a child. It drives me nuts. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, I quite like it when I've got a cold for that reason because my, my voice sounds much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did see you actually put in our group because we yeah. had a, a question up about, like, if you had if you won £50 to spend on, you know, something to do with art materials. Mm. And you went on there and said, you know, I'd I'd buy a microphone to make my sound sound like, sound like the BBC and sexy. And, and I yeah. said, I think you're going to need more than 50 quid. I don't know if you I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Oh, you're so mean. I know. You're so mean. <laughs> and but we anyway. are who we are. We are who we are, aren't we? <laughs> another another problem with being a perfectionist is it can make you wait until you feel the situation is completely perfect to start. Now, that could be waiting for a new paper or paints to arrive. It could be waiting for the bright challenge to come along or for a time when you feel you're really worthy. You will improve so much more if you just start today rather than waiting for the perfect conditions. And I don't know about you, but I am guilty of this as well. Because oh, yeah. I, have, I have this idea for this challenge I want to set myself. And I think I, I keep moving the date when I'll start it to be this perfect condition because I'm scared that what I create won't live up to the, the ideas in my head. And I think that is one of the old perfectionist problems. Problem problems. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, they probably won't. They probably won't live up to it to begin with. No, they won't. They won't. It's like I remember this. I, I had the same problem when I started, and I've spoken about this before, so I'm not going to go over it again. You know, too much. But it's just when I very first started sketching years and years ago. I've spoken about this where I bought my sketchbook and I I just didn't open it for six months because I was too scared of spoiling the pages. And and the fact was, I you know, when I started sketching, no, they weren't great. Of course they weren't going to be great. It was never going to be a case of I'll draw my first sketch as, and what, as soon as the planets have aligned and it'll be a good sketch. It was never going to work like that. You have to just do it and get past plenty of really bad ones, don't you? And the same would be for when you you want to start your challenge. You'll probably find that, yeah, you, you will be disappointed, but you've got to do it. You've got to, just got to do it anyway. Yeah, it's that, it's that thing where you've built it up in your head so long. And it gets worse, I think, because the longer you wait, yeah. it builds up in your head and you build it into this mammoth you know, thing that's going to be amazing. And then you're scared that it's not going to be amazing. Yeah. And also the planets never align. No. I've spoken about that before. People talk about the planets aligning. Apparently that doesn't ever happen. So don't bother waiting. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, like I said, I, I used to suffer from perfectionism in my sketchbook. For, firstly, I, it took me a long time to start sketching. And then when I did sketch, obviously I did improve and kept improving. And then the problem was what I was using my sketchbook for in the end was kind of making these... Um, little drawings as opposed to quick sketches and that was because I was scared to do something that was um, just quick and spontaneous and I think it makes you hesitant doesn't it that perfectionism and as a result you kind of lose that spontaneity that gives a sketch its charm and thankfully I, I eventually let go of that and my sketching style now is completely changed and it's probably the polar opposite now and the way I did that was just by continuously daring not to care and once I'd shaken that need to be perfect the fear went with it and my whole approach to sketching changed because I could see something else that is much better 
than perfectionism and that's just the pure fun of it and now when I compare my recent sketchbooks to my old ones it's my recent ones which hold all the charm and the character and the ones that I most enjoy looking through whereas my old ones just look really stiff and boring in comparison and you'll find that if you do a quick sketch and then you try to do the same sketch again but better you'll most likely prefer the first one and Tara you've got a way haven't you of taking away the ability to fuss and that's by setting a timer which I must say I I actually hate doing I don't (laughs) like doing that I don't like sketching under pressure because I'm then focusing more on the time than I am the sketch but it does work for a lot of people so definitely give it a go it definitely works for you doesn't it Tara yeah and I, I think what's great about that as well is it, it makes you eliminate everything that's not important yeah so if you're doing a five minute drawing you're you're literally only going to put down the important things yeah and what you can do is you can set yourself times and we used to do this years ago at college and it, it gradually go down so draw something in 10 minutes and then you draw it in eight minutes and you draw it in five minutes and you see how low you can get it and see how different it is and sometimes I actually find like when I do a life drawing class, I will actually prefer my two minute drawings yeah. to say when we get 15 because they just got this sort of loose spontaneity in them. Just yeah. that I love. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it, it's, it's nice sometimes to work a bit longer on a sketch. I mean, when we used to go to London, we used to sometimes the two of us used to um, sketch perhaps while we were on the way to meeting and. I know that I sketched some people on the train, didn't I? And there was a young boy I sketched and there was a boy wearing his headphones. That kind of sketches because the person on the train was asleep. So I might have worked it up more and it's more like a, a little drawing. But actually, they're still nice because I've just lost myself in it. Um, but when you're actually out and about sketching, um, you can't take that approach. You can't really try and get a likeness. You can't try to make it a perfect drawing. It's never going to happen. So... There, there is a time and a place to work something up a bit more without losing that um, freshness and spontaneity, but still making it a more slightly more polished drawing. But I think it's recognising when to stop. That's the most important thing. And, um, you know, I think... Because you liked those drawings, didn't you, that I did on the train? And I think yeah, I really I, like those. Yeah, and I, d- I just don't think I overworked them. I think I did it and then thought, oh, well, I'll go on to something else now. And it might just have been someone's hands or... I kind of like that kind of sketching as well. I think you were talking before about sketchbooks and how you do something in a sketchbook and you prefer that to sort of working something up. Yeah. And I find that so much that I'll... Because when I'm in my sketchbook, that's kind of my play time. It's like, I'm not concerned. It's not... And I'm not trying to create a finished piece. I'm just playing. Yeah. And and doodling. And I'll create something and I think I really like that. But it, it might be in black and white and maybe I want that in colour. And I used to... Get a, a board out, you know, to or a piece of paper out to then try and copy this thing, and then I'd you know try and color it up, and it always looked terrible. I just completely lost the spontaneity, and the only fa- way I've found to do it now is to literally scan in or photograph that sketchbook, and then you can either put it on a light box if your paper's thin enough and trace it, or create a layer of carbon on the back, you know, using your pencil. Once yeah. you've got it the size you want, and literally trace it off, because otherwise you cannot capture those lines. And I think that is one thing that shows that when you're trying to be a perfectionist and try and do something all neat, you really don't capture that that loose spontaneity. 
Yeah, there's a freshness to it, isn't there? Yeah. I find that with a lot of my sketches. I, I couldn't even... Do you know what? Some of the ones I do, I couldn't even trace because it would still be stiff in comparison because the lines are so quick and free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't I mean, it's difficult if you've got different line weights. Yeah. Well. Like, say you use your, you know, your calligraphy fountain pen. Yeah. Which exactly. is now, by the way, I am now loving. Oh, do you know what? I thought you probably would eventually. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't like it at first, did you? I didn't, and I hadn't got the ink flowing very well. This is, by the way, this is a Lamy Joy calligraphy pen, which I was trying to get to like uh, fountain pens. But now I've actually bought cartridges. I've given up. <clears throat> I know you told me I should mm. go with the ink filler. Yeah. But if I just put in a cartridge, off you go. And it's actually not clogging at the moment, so fingers crossed I'm still going to like it. I, I don't think it should clog. I, mine's never clogged. I think as if you don't use it for a few See, weeks or something. that's the problem. I won't use it for a bit. Yeah, well, that's, that's fine because as long as you're using the right ink, it should, you could still just, you should be able to just run the nib under a warm water just to get, you know, get right, dried yeah. ink off of it. But it yeah. should be fine. It's just making sure you use the right ink. Yeah. You know, it's like anything, isn't it? You can, oh, uh, you know, I've been making these cakes. I know. I know. You know. I, I don't know. And if anyone listened to our last couple of episodes, I've been trying. I don't even know if I talked about this on the episode, but um, I've been trying some baking. That's what lockdown has done for me. <laughs> I'm useless. Absolutely useless. Always have been at making cakes. Never got a sponge to rise. And um, I put a photo of on Facebook, didn't I, of that Victoria sandwich that I put on, and yeah. and each layer was like about a centimetre thick it was so funny it was like two biscuits and um it was just that it was just learning um I, I actually went on to YouTube I thought right what am I doing wrong I was watching Mary Berry and there's certain oh things oh my god I just yeah, can't I know. believe you did that I know I know but there's certain things that make such a difference it's all the same ingredients but it's knowing like I don't know why I'm talking about this but it's knowing like the eggs should be room temperature and you should um Oh, there's, there's all sorts of things that that just will make a lot of difference. And now my cakes are, if I say so myself, pretty good. <laughs> They're like really light and airy and, and it's just that practice. And it's just knowing how things, how to use things correctly, like the ink, you know, using the yeah. right ink in a pen. And um, I actually made, the other day, I made a spotted dick. Oh my God, it was lovely. It was. Have uh, you had I one of those? Felicity, I wonder why Felicity Fizz was talking about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't had a spotted dick since I was a teenager, probably. And I'll tell you for the, what. For the Americans, <clears throat> if they don't know what this is, this is like a, a sponge pudding that's got um, dried fruit in it. Yeah, it's really nice, really, really nice. Anyway, I don't know why I'm talking about that. Sorry, I do. How are you really going to link that into perfectionism? Uh, 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 I don't even know where we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is something we've talked about in a previous episode. I think it's actually in the previous episode. But it is easy to think of a sketchbook as a work of art in itself. Um, particularly since there are so many sketchbook flip-throughs on social media these days. But if you can just let go of that and instead just treat it as a place to have fun and play around, then you'll end up enjoying the sketches as much as the finished piece. And it might be you know, for completely different reasons, but it will have a quality of its own. There, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say about that, because I definitely have like this problem with the sketchbook, yes, definitely a place to play. And then yeah. when I get into finished work, not so much a place to play. You know, 
I mean, I do a bit, don't get me wrong, but once you once you know how to do something and if you keep creating a similar style, there's less playing involved. But the other day I thought, right, I'm going to treat a board, you know, a, a um, mixed media board as a place to play. And so I did. And I treated it much more like I, I would my sketchbook. Yeah. So I got out my gum tape, some <laughs> markers out, and it was very much unplanned kind of thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think that's something you can't do as well digitally, isn't it? I think you can do it digitally. There's do no you? reason that you... Yeah, I mean, the problem with digital is obviously you've got so many undos, but just because you've got an undo button doesn't mean you have to use it. There's something about seeing bits of paper and tape and, you know, bits of washi tape and I don't know whatever else you can pin on a mood board, though. It's kind of the three-dimensional part of it I like. That visual, yeah. I mean, I guess you can fake it on um, you can on digital. Yeah. I mean, when I did the post-it notes, they were all done digitally. Oh right. So, oh, you see, wouldn't so, have known that. Yeah, I um, I did actually take photographs of post-its, but then because I wasn't happy with my photos, I kind of drew. The, yeah. I made the the images look like they were post-its, basically, and then I would just draw on top of them. So all of that was done digitally, and you would never know. Anyway, perfectionism can also make you scared to try something new for fear of failure and it not looking as good as the work you already do. I think in question, this is for you and your sketchbook, Sandra, because mm. you used to be scared to go loose because you knew you could do these really lovely drawings in yeah. your sketchbook. And yeah. you're scared that if you try this drawing, it's going to look a bit crap compared to what you know you can do already. Yeah. But I think if you do want to move on, you've actually just got to accept that, yes, it might fail, but you can enjoy the process and realise that it's going to take time to get good at it, even if it is that really loose sketch as opposed to the really nice drawing. Um, another thing is when you get annoyed, I am so guilty of this. I get really annoyed if I do a drawing that's not as good as I want it to be. I can get in a rather proper mood. <laughs> It's a bit like my partner when he plays golf. I know when he comes back if he's had a good game or not. Right. I, is he, is like, he all moody when he comes yeah, in? <laughs> yeah. And I'm a bit like that when I've done a bad drawing. I'm mm. a bit in a, not in a great mood. But, and, but you just got to try. Here's me saying he's very bad at it. You've got to try and not let yourself beat yourself up about it. Because it's just like... Just a, bit of paper isn't it it doesn't really matter is it why is it then that you get like that is it because you've spent the time on it and it, it's been a waste of time is that what you feel um yes and it's also it's that not measuring up to what <laughs> yeah. i have in my head hmm. so you know i've come in my room and it's like i've got a drawing i put it on instagram the other day that i did of, of this woman and she's got a kind of it sounds really odd when I say this. She's got like a bird coming out of her eye. And then she's got kind of this cartoony person with a skirt on coming out of her head. And um, the drawing I did, because I started off with an ink drawing, and I really liked it. And I thought, oh, this is going to look brilliant. <laughs> Even if I do say so myself, this is going to look so good. And then I started putting the colour on it, and I thought, hmm. This doesn't look as good as I thought it was. And the more colour I put on it, the less I liked it. Yeah, so you just worked on it too long as well. <laughs> yeah, and I think I should have just, just left a lot of white space, whereas yeah. I decided to, to go for my normal kind of way of 
painting where it's a full-on everything colour. And it, oh, it just didn't yeah. work. And it, but it's one of those things where you know you had it at one point. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say, I wonder if you had, when you first thought, oh, this is just not going well, if you'd have just stopped and then looked at it the next day, whether you might have gone, oh, I quite like it now. Because that happens, doesn't it? Sometimes you yeah. think something's not great and then you, you close your sketchbook and oh, I'm never letting that see the light of day again. And then you accidentally come across it a, a week or so later or a month or a year and you think, I don't know what I didn't like about it. <laughs> I think perhaps what I should have done is I could have perhaps rescued it before I put all the colour on. I was always yeah. intending to put on all this colour. Right. But clearly it did not need all mm. this colour. And if I'd have stopped when I first started putting on some of the colour and looked at that fresh in the morning, I could have perhaps thought, hang on a minute, if I just only put a few accents of colour in different places, rather than going full out, mm. that might have worked. But it's not awful, but it's just not, do you know what I mean? It's not what was in my head. It's not what it was like when it was just a drawing. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's never a waste of time because... You know, it's just another lesson learned, isn't it, really? Yeah. And it is frustrating, even though we're it is supposed, frustrating. And it supposed is, to be talking yeah. about being good and all that. Well, no, but it, it just shows that it's normal. You know, everybody, no matter how experienced you are, we all have these feelings and we're all guilty of it. It's just trying to figure out ways of not being precious. I mean, all I could say about it is that when I stop being precious, I love my sketchbooks so much more. And, and even when the sketches aren't great, I've, I've enjoyed the process of doing them so much more, which is the most important thing. I mean... So what are your favourite sketches at the moment? I know you did some um, blind contours that you really liked. Yeah, You I never really thought you would. Those. No, and I really did and threw a bit of watercolour on them and I just thought, I really like those. And do you know what? I was thinking this the other day. When you are either a begin, very much a beginner artist or someone who doesn't draw or paint at all and you look at some, some art, say perhaps um, quick sketches, you might look at that art and think, oh, my God, anyone can do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Say, for instance, you look at... Um, you've got a lot of artists at the moment who very naively looking drawings and you know and, and but we I love them perhaps something like Lewis Rosignol I absolutely adore his stuff so do you and and I think a lot of people do but when you're not somebody who has looked at a lot of art and and actually paints or draws I think you don't appreciate that kind of art because you don't really understand it you don't know you don't what's see the behind skill it. in it you do don't you? see the skill in it no when you are an artist and you've been doing it for a long time, you you look at that and you you can really see the value in that piece, can't you? And you can yeah. see the skill behind it. So I think it's um when you're at different stages of your art career, or it, you just you start to appreciate things in a much you start appreciating the work that goes into these things, despite what they you know the outcome, whether that's some of my my sketches in my sketchbook, I would say that the ones I like the most are probably the ones that <laughs> Paul would look at and go, "Oh my God, what were you doing? What what is that?" <laughs> Yet he'll look at the ones I did where um, I was really trying and be like, "Oh yeah, I really like that," because he he's not really understanding. Yeah, the process. Uh, uh, yeah. 
and just going to your question, my favourite sketches are the ones where I posted one of them once on my Instagram. It looks completely out of place in amongst everything else. It was just a man sitting on a bench, and I used my my uh, Lamy calligraphy joy pen, and it's just a black and white drawing of this guy sitting on the bench, and it's just a load of it's just squiggly lines, but you can see what it is, and I really like that. Yeah, I, I must have it going back to what you were saying before about the the naive drawings. And, yeah, and how you end up appreciating that, appreciating that. If if I sat down now, I would find it far easier to draw a fairly realistic face. I don't mean hyper realism or anything, no. but if I was just going to sit and copy a face, I could sit and copy a face and get a fairly decentish likeness, you know, um, and I would find that significantly easier than trying to do something that was a little bit more off the wall, maybe a little yeah. bit more abstracted, because there's, there's different thinking involved. Yeah. And I'm not saying one's better than the other or anything like that. No. But your brain has to work differently. For me, if, if I can sit and draw something, my brain can switch off quite a bit if I'm drawing something that's in front of me. Whereas if I'm thinking, what can I do with this? My brain can't switch off. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I think um, when you are experienced as well, there's a, you can tell the difference between somebody who's choosing to paint in a naive way or draw in a naive way and somebody who is a beginner. And yeah. They are definitely. painting in a naive way because they haven't learnt the skills. Do you know what I mean? So there yeah, is a big difference there are some between people that. that you think, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe they're in the between stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think if you're worried about the outcome before you even start, that alone can delay you actually getting going or, at best, your progress of moving forward and getting something done. I mean, on that, I suppose you could say is procrastination, isn't it? And at the end of the day, that is just fear of failure. And it's that that you need to let go of because you can't learn a lesson without doing something wrong. It's those mistakes that make us get better in the end. Yeah, so you're failing failing by not starting, aren't you, Dad? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also think that perfectionism can lead to that overwork thing. It's almost like we were just talking about that bit of art that I did. I don't know if necessarily the piece of art I created was overworked. It was just not done maybe the way I should have yeah. done it. But, yeah. it. but it just makes something look really sterile, doesn't it, if you keep on going. Yeah. It lacks energy and movement. And I, I think you have to sometimes try getting to a point in your art where you're really not sure. You know, is that, is that enough? Is that, and you want to sort of stand back for a bit. Even if that's just going to make a cup of tea or something or sleeping on it. I'm not very good at sleeping on painting, I must admit. <laughs> a bit uncomfortable. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? I really, I'm not good at coming back to something. I don't like working on something again. No. I don't like, I know you're quite happy to come back and keep doing your layers and stuff like this, but I like to finish something <clears throat> in one sitting. Yeah. But that, but that doesn't mean I can't walk away for 10 minutes. And then come back and look at it with sort of semi-fresh eyes. And I like doing that with sketchbooks, actually. I like, I'll do these sketches uh, at night with no preciousness whatsoever. It's just like, oh, let's try this out. But I love then looking them them in the morning. I don't yeah. know if you do this. I, yeah. Because I'm really, I look at them when I do them. And I think, I couldn't tell you if that's absolutely terrible or if that's absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah, you need to go away and shut yeah. your eyes and come I back. I can't yeah. tell if we're actually <clears throat> brilliant or bad. I've got more idea in the morning that if they're terrible, you know. I think as well, comparing sketching and painting, you can overwork a sketch, you can overwork a painting. So there's no... We, we're not sort of talking about one or the other. It's knowing, isn't it, just when to stop. And yeah. whether that's a realism painting, you can overwork a realism painting. I always like, with my paintings, I like them to look like what I'm painting. But at the same time, I want people to know it's a painting. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's knowing when to stop and thinking, oh, no, do that mark, I like that. Do I want to blend that in with the... No, I should just leave it. So it's just understanding when to walk away. Uh, was it Van Gogh? I probably got this completely wrong. I do know the answer to this, but who said um, a piece of art is never um, finished, it's only abandoned. I'm sure he said something like that. And it's so true. It's so true. You have to just know when to abandon something. And you're far better off abandoning something early than late because you can't really undo when you overwork something you really can't and so you better you're better off leaving something unsaid if you think about it a writer is just like an artist the only difference between a writer and a painter is that they're painting a picture with words rather than a brush but a writer wouldn't get bogged down with perfecting their grammar in a first draft they're not looking back and checking each paragraph as they write it that would be a crazy way to write a book it's all about just getting the bones of the story down they only go back to the beginning when the first draft is down so trying to get everything right straight away would not lead to a good book they would just keep losing their thread all the time and I think that's whether you're painting a, a, a finished piece of art or a sketch you've just got to get the bones of it down and then decide whether to go on and and keep working on it or not yeah that's like um blogging i used to blog a lot and it was basically and this can sound terrible but when you first you first write your blog post it's basically like vomiting (laughs) 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 Vomiting on the document you just spit everything onto the page Mm. It, it doesn't read well it's just because i always find it you're making your mind up as you're writing because you, you don't really know the answers, which is almost like if you're painting something, you know, painting or drawing something, you don't necessarily know the answer how you're going to do it. So you're literally just chucking everything on the page. And then it's only after you've got that first draft, like you say, that you actually try and make sense of it all. Yeah. Remember, nothing in life is perfect. If you're a perfectionist, you'll never get something to a stage where you think it's perfect anyway. So just learn when to stop and move on. And so now we've got the answers to our previous question. And the question was, what's the weirdest or funniest thing that's happened to you while you're creating? Now, I have to admit, I thought we'd get absolutely no answers to this. You did, didn't you? Yeah. So I was quite amazed by how many we got. Yeah, you should always listen to me, you see. But what I have noticed is you've given me (laughs) the the longest. (laughs) It's like an essay. I, I know. You always get those. You always well, give me the longest one. I do. Yes, I, I'm not denying it. <laughs> so the first answer was from Rusilla Moodley. And she says, this experience was weird as in supernatural. It happened four years ago while I was painting a nebula. What was weird was a prompting to go outside, which I initially ignored. As I completed the painting, the urge to go out became stronger so I needed to take the painting with me to dry as it was a sunny day 
As I walked out, I heard the flutter of wings. Lo and behold, I saw a large, beautiful butterfly on a pillar. As I stood motionless, it gently rose, and to my surprise, I noticed that there was another one below it. They hovered for a few seconds, and then they were gone. I stood in awe, knowing full well what had happened. You see, for as long as I can remember, butterflies and birds have always been a sign of departed loved ones. What was surprising was that there were two. An elderly aunt had recently passed away, but I didn't know what the other meant. I rushed back into the house to share the news with my mum. Later on, we heard the news that my aunt's sister had also crossed over earlier that day. How remarkable to be blessed with spirit communication, more so when a painting connects with the galaxy. That is weird. That is weird. And sad. Yeah, I've got Andy W. Art, and he says, funniest. A colleague from a design studio I worked in loved pranking me. I got revenge one lunch hour when he went to the pub. With a thin black thread, I created a hidden net word tied to small objects on his desk and shelving above him. I connected them all to the handset of his desk phone. When he returned, he carried on drawing as normal, and inevitably, during the afternoon, his phone rang. When he answered, it was like a scene from Poltergeist. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Michael Beckett. I am known to be completely oblivious to anything while I'm in create mode. In fact, anyone pulling me out of my zone will get snapped at. I don't mean anything personal by it. It's just my Pavlov response. So, anything funny or weird or otherwise noteworthy going on, I would miss by telling the offending parties to F off and leave me alone. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. Okay, I've got Lucy Bell and she says, I make these little ceramic people. I call them shelf sitters. Mostly oh, swimmers. that's hard to say, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I should have given you this one, shouldn't I? Yeah. Mo- mostly swimmers. I was out making in my studio. I made a few and they were sitting drying. But as I got up, one decided enough was enough and threw herself off my workbench. At least I can assume this was the case. I turned round to see her lying face down. Did she jump or was she pushed? After an investigation, a verdict of misadventure was pronounced. <laughs> See, this is why I give you the long ones, because I can't read them out. Well, luckily, I, I can edit you to make you sound quite normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't overwork it. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, Ardis Goodwin. So, uh, I was teaching a painting workshop and felt something odd in my pants. So that's I, trousers in American uh, speak. So it's not knickers like we'd think. Oh, you see, I was thinking something odd in your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, pants over here is knickers or or, yeah. or men's pants. I like un- yeah. underwear. Anyway, uh, oh, <laughs> I, I should have read these before. <laughs> yeah, let me start this again. I was okay. teaching a painting workshop and felt something odd in my pants. I grabbed the spot and realised something squished inside my pants leg. This could take on a whole other meaning, you see. <laughs> yeah, but I, remember pants is trousers. Yes, 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 yes. I panicked and dropped my pants in the middle of the class and ran out of the door to the bathroom. It was a neon green caterpillar. The painters were rolling on the floor laughing until they saw the dead carcass. Thankfully, I was wearing boxer shorts that day and didn't go but naked in front of everyone. I mixed some lime green paint to match and carried on. It was quite the memorable workshop. That's hilarious. <laughs> Years Love ago, it. I remember my mum did something similar. What, dropped I, her pants? Yeah. No, she yeah, no, dropped her trousers. 
<laughs> we were in the kitchen. I, I was a kid, and she got a friend round. All of a sudden, she just dropped her trousers, but a bee had gone up her <gasps> leg. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would do that. I've got Claudia Adams, and she says, on more than one occasion, I've dipped my brush in my tea, and I'm guessing I'm not the only one. No, you're definitely not the only one. No, I've done it loads of times. Yeah. yeah. And we have a brand new question for you, which is, what is the strangest thing you've ever done with an art tool that does not involve what it was meant for? So what is the strangest thing you've ever done with an art tool that doesn't involve what it was meant for? Tara. Now, doesn't, doesn't this involve something similar to that ridiculous question that you asked a while back about what could you do with a pencil that was not meant for when we just couldn't hold it together? <laughs> oh, now, God. this is very similar to it's that. very similar. It? Yes. Have you got yeah. an answer? No. Hmm. Well, have you got one? I have, actually. Go on, then. Um, so, when my kids were really small, um, well, actually, Charlie was really, really small, but Adele was about six, and she asked me how she got into um my tummy (laughs) and and of course I was a bit like a rabbit in the headlights and I I was thinking oh I wasn't prepared for this she's she's very young to be asking this so I this is the story I told her and I said so if you imagine the mummy is the pencil sharpener and the daddy no no it's not that bad and the daddy is the pencil (laughs) yeah and the what the the pencil does is he leaves the shavings inside the pencil sharpener and then the shavings turn into a brand new baby pencil that's all i said i didn't demonstrate with a pencil and the (laughs) pencil sharpener by the way but you know what she went off happy as larry with that that um that story and and that lasted her until she was about nine and but you know what the to this day she remembers it and she is I mean, her kids are a bit young at the moment, but she says, I'm going to use that one for them. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, didn't ask any questions. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes yeah. loads of sense. Yeah, so that's yeah. that's probably the strangest thing I've ever done um, <laughs> with an art tool. I've used them to describe <laughs> the, how the, of the birds and the bees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. Well, so, as, as always, if you've got any other weird answers to go mm. with that question... I'm sure there won't be any for this one either. Oh, there will be. There will be. (laughs) You can tweet us your answers at Kit Creators or let us know in the Facebook group, which if you haven't joined, I highly suggest you do. We'll put the question up there and on the Facebook page and, of course, also on our Instagram page, and that is Kick in the Creatives. And we hope that gave you the kick in the creatives you needed. And don't forget to pop over to our website at kickinthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenges. And of course, there you can also subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we've really been enjoying those reviews. So we'd be so grateful if you haven't left us a review. If you would, it'd be brilliant. And um, just a star rating will do if you don't have a lot of time. Also, don't forget to check out and subscribe to our Kicking the Creators YouTube channel where we create art tips videos. And if you enjoy what we do and you'd like to help support Tara and I here at Kick in the Creatives, you can now support us by buying us a coffee and you can find a link to that on our website. So that's it for this time and we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. And then I would just...
draw on top of them. So all of that was done digitally. And you would never know. I don't know where we are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my turn now. So, it, it all went wrong with the cakes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, by the way, Sandra is now looking for a new co-host for a new cooking and baking show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm quite there yet. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. 